This audio sermon is brought to you by the House of Intercessory Prayer Ministries. For more information, please visit www.hipm.org. Let's turn our Bibles to Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 to 19. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, are one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Verse 17, Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Verse 19 says, And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Let's read verse 19 again. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I want you to notice one thing as we read in the scripture. This Jesus did not really say what to bind and what to lose. But all that Jesus is saying is whatever you bind and whatever you lose on this earth will be bound and loosed in heaven. Jesus leaving those two, those things for our discretion, for our decision to, to know what to bind and what to lose. How do we know that what to bind and what to lose as the scripture says? We will know only if we know the scriptures, right? So only if we know the word of God, we will exactly know what we are talking about. In the last few weeks, we have been talking about the need of prayer at the church. But many times when we come together to pray, we really do not know what to pray for and how to pray. Here Jesus is asking the churches, asking the church, as he was looking at Peter and also along with the other disciples, whatever he said, it is still applicable to today's church. So Jesus is asking the church to bind and to loose. How do we bind and loose? So we do that in prayer. When we pray, God wants us to bind and loose. You know, some of us, it may be so totally new thing what we are teaching now, but I just want you to strictly follow, closely follow, and God will speak to you. You know, many times we pray for hours together, and we will not receive any answer from God. But that doesn't really tell that God is not answering our prayers. But we need to listen, we need to realize one thing that is very important. God has given the authority to his church to lock and to unlock the blessings of God. God has given the authority to, its, to his church 
to release and to close the blessings of God. To release the blessings and to stop and to close what is not a blessing. Let's read verse 19 again. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. What is really given to the church? Scripture says the keys of the kingdom of heaven is what is given to us. Scripture very clearly says the keys of the kingdom of heaven. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. If you go to the original translation, you have been given, that's what it says, you have been given the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you, are, you bind on earth has been bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on earth has been loosed in heaven. That's what the original translation says. You know, if you remember when Jesus was teaching his disciples on how to pray, we read that in Matthew chapter 6 verses 9 to 10. Jesus was teaching them how to pray. Jesus was telling them, this is how you need to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Let your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. So heaven has a major portion of making the decision of what has to happen on earth. Heaven has to decide what has to happen on this earth. That's what scripture says. And here God is telling the church, I am giving you access to heaven. I have given you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. I'm giving you access to heaven and as Jesus said, I'm giving you the keys of heaven. And you need to ask, you need to bind, and you need to lose. Whatever you bind and lose in faith according to the will of God on this earth, the heaven is giving you the approval. The heaven is giving the approval. Moment we bind and lose anything according to the will of God in faith. You know, if heaven is not approving, things are not going to happen on this earth because that's the reason Jesus said, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, every time when we come together in prayer, this is what God wants us to pray. God wants us to bind and lose in his name. What does it really mean, binding and losing? You know, certain hindrances are certain situations in our lives, certain spirits, certain demonic activities and curses need to be bound in order to receive the blessings of God. What will happen when we pray, when we do this, when we do this in prayer? When we pray, when we bind and lose things in prayer, things will happen because God has given access to the heaven. And as it is done in heaven, it is going to be done in, on earth too. How do we really do it when we get together to pray? God is expecting us to use the same words, bind and loose. And how do we do that scripturally? That's what we are just going to spend some time on and to see how we can do these things as God is expecting us to do scripturally. There are a couple of things that God wants to specifically pray when we get together in prayer. 
I'm just going to share six of them with you this morning. And there are many more that uh, God may lead you. Number one, we need to bind hatred and we need to lose love. We need to bind hatred and we need to lose love. You know, today the enemy is sowing hatred among families and among friends and among churches. People don't like each other for some reason. They don't like to live together for some reason. People hate because, just simply because they do not love. A loving heart has no place really for any hatred or any bitterness or for any malice. There is not nothing, there is no such things in the heart which loves somebody. William Barclay, he stated it very well as he said, Love is that attitude of mind which will never allow itself to be bitter to any man and which will never seek anything but the highest good of others, no matter what the attitude of others be it. Now, pure love, perfect love, really does not go by what we see in others. You know, on the other day when, during the worship, Debbie was sharing, or during a testimony, she was saying that the liquid love of God flowing through our lives, that doesn't really bother about, you know, how others look like. You know, some of, sometimes as we are human on this earth, when we, the very same look of others, you know, we just, you know, bring that hatred within us as we live on this earth. But God is telling us the pure love need to be loosed in our families and in our churches. But the hatred is something that has to be bound. Hatred stirs up troubles in families. It provokes us to sin. You know, as we speak more, when hatred comes, we speak more and we eventually sin more. It results in resentment or bitterness and, you know, retaliation or revenge. Today, people are taking revenge. One, somebody is taking revenge over another just simply because of the hatred or the bitterness that comes in our heart. A section of the scripture deals with that very well, very clearly. Let's turn to Romans chapter 12. We are going to read a couple of verses there. Romans chapter 12, verse 9 to 21. And by studying this, by knowing this, we will realize we need to pray against hatred. We need to bind hatred and we need to lose love of God to others. So we are going to read from Romans chapter 12 verses 9 to 21. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor, giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, counting, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is, if it is possible, 
as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to the wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Here we see the scripture is talking about the kind of love that we need to have in different situations in our lives. You know, there is a strong, strong spirit that sows hatred today among people. And that's the spirit that has to be bound. You know, today there are many difficulties, many troubles that are going on in churches and in the communities and in families. It's just simply because the spirit of hatred sows that hatred among hearts in the, in the heart and mind of people. And that spirit has to be bound. So God wants us to pray when, as a church when we get together for prayer. As God has given us the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And he is asking us to bind certain things on this earth. And to lose certain things on this earth. God is asking us to bind hatred. And God is asking us to lose love. What will happen when we pray? Make such prayer. When we are praying for a family. Or when we are praying for a church. When we pray. The spirit of hatred is going to be bound and the spirit of love is going to be loosed and we will start seeing changes in our families and among people. Number two, God is expecting us to bind discord or disagreement and conflict and lose harmony. Lose harmony. And I have come across some kind of people, I don't know about you. I have come across people when I try to say something face to face, the first response we get from them is no. Have you come across such people? When you say something, they say no. And they will not stop there. They will say no. And even if they are in agreement with you, the first thing they will say no. And then they will try to give an explanation around it. You know, so you see, there is a negative spirit. There is a spirit of discord in some people. We find out that very, I remember when I was dealing with one person, as I was speaking to him, the moment he says no, I know that he is in agreement with me, but still he says no. And he will just walk around, you know, take me around, you know, before he really comes to that conclusion. So I, face to face, I rebuke that spirit and bind that spirit. You know, now not very openly, but in my mind, I rebuke that spirit. We see the spirit of discard today among people. And God wants us to bind those spirit of discard. The more we allow that spirit to go, the spirit is going to destroy the harmony and the unity among people. Many churches are split. Many ministries are split and destroyed because of the spirit of discard. One of the powerful weapons the enemy uses to sow discard among family. So the, among the churches and to bring destruction among the ministries. We need to bind the discard sower. Bible clearly says, if you can turn with me to Proverbs chapter 6, verses 16 to 19. Proverbs uh, chapter 6, verse 16. There are six things the Lord hates. Verse 16. These six things the Lord hates. Is seven are an abomination to him. Number one, a proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift in running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and finally, and one who sows discard among brethren. 
one who sows discord among brethren, the one who brings disagreement and conflicts within families and among the church people, the members, the children of God. God is saying us, God is telling us that you need to bind that man. You need to bind that spirit that destroys the unity and harmony in the churches, in the community today. You know, just, you just get out of this uh, church and just walk into a family, maybe in this community. And you will find out the troubles they go through as a family. The, they are not able to live in harmony. They say that my brother lives here, my another sister lives here, my, my in-law lives here, and you know, somebody lives here. They are all in and around this community. But then they don't talk to each other. They don't meet each other. And we see that it is so evident that the enemy is sowing discord among the families. And God is calling the church because God has given us the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And he is telling us whatever you bind on earth, it is bound in heaven. And God is asking, calling the church to bind the spirit of discord and the spirit of disagreement and conflict. Now there are people around us they say many things to us to destroy the harmony, to destroy the unity. But as children of God, God wants us to be very careful in discerning what is said about somebody. God doesn't want us to take that just at face value, just as it is said. But God wants us to take time to understand what exactly is going on in that somebody's life or in that family, maybe or in that church. God doesn't want us to quickly jump into those conclusions and take a decision based on what is said. But instead, God is expecting us, the moment we find that it is a spirit of discord, God is expecting us to bind that spirit. Such spirits need to be bound. According to Romans chapter 12, verse 16, Scripture also says, try to have the same mind with one another. Try to have the same mind with one another. You know, at times it is very difficult when we all come together to decide on something. It becomes very difficult because it's very difficult to bring human brains and put them together to think about the same thing. Most of the time, you know, we'll come across with many different ideas. But word of God is saying that. Try to have same mind with one another. Why we need to have same mind with one another? Because we need that kind of unity to build the kingdom of God. You know, children of Israel, when they went to, went, went to their own land, as they were building the wall around, you know, word of God says, they were all just doing the work of God in one mind, with the same mind, in unity. We need that unity to do the work of God. And today God is asking us, the church, to stand in the gap and to pray against such discords. Number three, we need to bind sin and habits that hold people today, and we need to lose salvation. James chapter 1, verses 14 and 15. James chapter 1, verse 14. Scripture says, but each of you is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Brings forth death. You know, we know even otherwise, if you continue to live in a particular sin, the end is 
death. There's no doubt about it. If you continue to live in a particular sin, the end is death. Scripture very clearly says, you know, when certain sins are practiced regularly, or when certain sins, if we continue to practice, that sin becomes our habit. Sin becomes our habit. Then they become habit. They are no more sins. Did you listen to that? When we continue to practice sin, they become habits. And when they become habits, we tend to consider they are no more sin because they are part of our life. Right? Then it's very difficult to disengage such sin when we allow to continue in our lives. You know, that's the reason we say we need to be very sensitive to sin. And we need to also be very sensitive to the Spirit, Holy Spirit. Because first time the Spirit of God tells us what you are doing is not correct. You need to get out of it. We will get out of it. Second time again the Spirit of God tells or somebody speaks to us. The Word of God tells us and God reminds us that probably we need to just get out of it. There is no other way. Then we try our best to get out of it. And slowly, eventually, when we again continue to do that, we will no more listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Our conscience is blend. No, it's, it's, it's blend. It's no more sharp. And we will not be able to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And we don't differentiate that as sin because it has become part of our life. And it becomes habit. And eventually it becomes a stronghold in our lives. And it's very difficult to disengage such things when it happens. And today, people are bound in sin and habits. And word of God is telling us that we need to bind such sins and habits. Just get out of this place and look around. We see the habits that got into the lives of people and destroying families and destroying lives around. And today, as a church, God is expecting us to bind those spirits. For example, when we pray for a person who is addicted to alcohol, we need to come in agreement. Probably we may be praying for him months and years after, but then we don't see a relief yet. But when we start praying or when we start binding the spirit of addiction or the spirit of alcohol, we will see there is a release. There is a deliverance coming in his life. When we bind the demon of, of alcoholism or alcohol, we see God's work there. You know, God answers our prayer. God listens to our prayer. But there are certain areas God wants us to take the authority which is already given. We don't need to ask God further. But instead, God is expecting us because he has given us the key to heaven. God is expecting us to bind those spirits. When we are praying for a community, God is expecting us to bind those spirits and demons. They are moving around in that community. They are causing people to sin. Causing people to sin to become habits in their lives. Number four. God is asking the church to bind false teachings and lose sound doctrine. Bind false teachings and lose sound doctrines. Scripture very clearly talks about the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Let's turn to Matthew 16, verses 6 to 12. Matthew chapter 16, verses 6 to 12. 
Then Jesus said to them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have taken no bread. But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, verse 8, O you of little faith, why you reason among yourselves, because you have brought no bread? Do you not, you, do you not yet understand or remember the five loaves of the five uh, of the 5,000 and how many baskets you took up? Not the seven loaves of the 4,000 and how many large baskets you took up? Verse 11, how is it you do not understand that I did not speak to you concerning bread, but to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees? Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Verse 12 says, then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. The leaven is a rising agent. You know, when we use the leaven or the, for example, the yeast, little yeast in the dough, it makes the dough to rise. A little mixing of wrong teachings can take us away from the course of eternity. A little mixing of the wrong teachings or the wrong teachings of the word of God can easily divert us from the course of eternity. Not everybody can be right, right? There can be one thing that can be right. The word of God. Everything cannot be right because they, so, they say, somebody says it is right. But there is one thing which the scripture says, only that can be right. So we cannot accept everything that comes on our way. And we cannot just go with the crowd because it seems to be good. Because there are large crowd, so we cannot go with the crowd because we really don't know. What kind of little leaven? A little leaven is enough. A little bit of yeast is enough. If you put that in the dough, the whole dough will get spoiled. So the false teaching is compared with the leaven in the word of God. So it cannot be taken lightly. It has to be taken very seriously. If our church doesn't obey certain doctrines, if our church doesn't teach certain doctrines, you know, if you continue to remind there among with them, that is going to have an influence in our lives because it is leaven. Or if a church is falsely teaching something, it is, it is going to become leaven. So the question is, how do we find out what is real? What is right? The simple answer is, we need to read the word of God. No one can claim that whatever they say is the perfectly right. What is perfectly right? Is, in the, is the return word of God. And how do we interpret the word of God? We need to go to the author of this book. Who is the author of this book? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the author of the book. Only the Holy Spirit can reveal the right, the correct interpretation of the word of God. False teachings not only affect spiritual life, it affects our physical life, our material life, our family life. False teachings, they separate husband and wife. We all think we think this, we serve the same God. But false teaching can take us to an extreme. 
that husbands cannot talk to wife anymore because you are considered so pure in front of God, you cannot really get onto the family relationship. False teaching can take the husband and wife to the death streams. Where does Bible say husband should dominate wife? Where does Bible say husband overrules wife's decision? The attitude towards women is, re- is wrongly taught in the churches today. Bible is teaching some one thing that is precious. Husbands, husbands, love your, I'm asking husbands, 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 love your, why it's such a struggle to love your wife? Husbands, love your wives, sorry, wife, wives, 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 my God. We need to go back to our marriage covenant, looks like. Wives, obey you. Again, husbands are saying that. Let me hear from the wives. Wives, obey your, it's hard, obey your husbands. Okay, wives, obey your husbands. That's what scripture says. Scripture doesn't really talk about anybody dominating anybody there. It's a false teaching. We need to be very careful about it. Where does Bible say adultery and fornications can be allowed in worship? Nowhere Bible talks about it. Bible teaches we are worshiping the God of God in the beauty of his holiness. You know, false teachings need to be bound. We're talking about God-given authority to bind false teachings and to release sound doctrines. How sound doctrines will be released when we preach the word of God in its purity? Number five. Bind the demons of sickness and lose healing. God is asking us to bind the demons of sickness and lose healing. Demon is behind certain sicknesses. The same way, same way curses are behind certain sicknesses. Let's take one example from the scripture and move further. Let's go to Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13, verse 10 to 13. Luke chapter 13, verse 10. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. Talks about Jesus. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. A woman who was totally bent, all that in her lifetime, she was all seeing the mud. She could never come up and to see the heavens. She could just see the ground. And she was totally bent, and she probably was walking with four legs in her life. And she came to the synagogue as Jesus was preaching in that synagogue. And scripture very clearly says, it was not just that she had a fall. It was not just she was born bent. It was not just she had some sickness in her spine that made her bend. But what? What exactly going on? The woman had a spirit of infirmity. There was a spirit taking control over her health. And what Jesus said, 
she, Jesus loosed her from that spirit. And that spirit was bound and Jesus loosed her. Exactly the same God is asking us, asking the church to do. There are certain sicknesses we, don't, we are not able to find the cause of it. There are certain sicknesses we are not able to find the cure of it. There are certain sicknesses we really don't know where and from when it came. There may be a spirit behind. God wants us to bind that spirit. That bind that spirit of infirmity. And we will see a great release from that sickness. Number six, finally. God is expecting us to bind the spirit of poverty and debt and loose scriptural blessings. God wants us to bind the spirit of poverty and lose the scriptural blessings. You know, today the spirit of poverty is seen among families and churches. You know, if someone is saying that, I'm not really lazy. I'm a regular tithe giver. I'm a good steward of my wealth. I follow the commandments of God. And I'm eligible all the blessings that Deuteronomy chapter 28 verses 1 to 14 talk about. I consider the poor. I consider the widow and orphan. Still I am living in poverty. Still I am behind debt in my life. It's very clear that we need to bind that spirit of poverty. There is no reason why that has to come on our way. And word of God is telling us that we need to start praying. Binding that spirit of poverty. And we need to pray that we need to lose the blessings that are held up somewhere. You know poverty is a curse. That's what scripture says. A couple of ways the poverty has come on our way. Maybe a couple of reasons. I have listed a few of them here. Number one, the curse of Cain. The curse of Cain, what he did. He withhold the best offering from God. And he killed his brother because of jealousy and rage. And word of God says he was banished from the presence of God. And he was cursed in his ability to produce harvest. The curse came upon our forefathers, our ancestors. Proverbs 3 9 says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits and all with all your increase. The curse of not obeying the voice of God. If we can go back and read the Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1 to 14, God talks about the blessing of God. If you obey the voice of God, these are the blessings will come on your way. Deuteronomy chapter 28, 1 to 14. And if you start reading from verse 15 until the end of the chapter, let, let me read verse 15 for you. But it shall come to pass, if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments and his statutes, which I commanded you to do, that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. Some of us, some of our forefathers did not obey the voice of God. And today we go through the curse because of what they have done in their lives. The curse of, of Malachi. We see in Malachi chapter 10 verses 10 to, to 11, scripture talks about bring all the tithes and offerings into the storehouse. And the moment we fail to do that, the turn to become a curse in our lives. The curse of Haggai. Haggai chapter 1 verses 9 to 11, it talks about curses. God is asking, you are not building my house, whereas you are building your own house and you are living 
in your good houses, whereas my house is in ruin. Haggai chapter 1 verses 9 to 11. Now the moment we fail to take care of things of God, the moment we fail to give importance to the things of God, it eventually turns into a curse. Scripture talks about it. The curse of Ananias and Sapphira. Now they said that I have sold the property and they deceived the Holy Spirit. They said that we have sold the property only for so much. We brought all the money into the presence of God. They lied to the Holy Spirit and eventually they were cursed. We are talking about some of those curses that happen in the word of God. Let's turn to Exodus chapter 20 verse 5. The generational curse of poverty. We see that there. Exodus chapter 20 verse 5 says, Visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. You know, sometimes we feel that I'm doing everything according to the word of God. Why the curse is still continuing in my life? Here scripture says, I visit the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and the fourth generation. We may know about our parents and we may know that our parents, they were living godly and they were godly parents. What about their parents? What about their parents? Do you have any idea about what went through in their lives? And that curse can come to the generation, generation after generation. And God is asking us all that to bind these spirit or bind these curses that are on our way. So the scripture is very clear about it. Let's read a couple of scriptures and before we close. 2 Corinthians verse 8, chapter 8 verse 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. Scripture says, For you know the grace of Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. 2 Corinthians 8, 9. For you know the grace of the, our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor. Can you just bring that image of Jesus hanging at the cross? What kind of cloth he would have had on his body when he was hanging at the cross? What position he was having when he was hanging at the cross? Nothing. Nothing. Probably that the position that he had was the disciples. Even they were not found there when Jesus was hanging at the cross. Scripture says, he, even though he was rich, yet for your sake, for our sake, he became poor. Why? That you through his poverty might become rich. It not just only talks about the spiritual poverty and spiritual richness. It also talks about the physical poverty and physical richness. Because Jesus also went through the physical poverty in his life. And today, God is telling us to bind that spirit of poverty in our lives. Galatians chapter 3 verses 13 to 14. Galatians chapter 3 verses 13 to 14. Scripture says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. That the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Finally, Deuteronomy 15, 6. 
Deuteronomy 15, 6. For the Lord your God will bless you, just as he promised you. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. You shall reign over many nations, but they shall not reign over you. You know, we talked about some of the curses that we see and also some of the blessings that the word of God is promising. And it is time that we need to bind those curses in our lives and we need to lose these blessings of Abraham in our lives. You know, God wants us to take that step of faith and move in that direction. We need to bind the spirit of poverty and we need to lose the spirit of blessings. You know, there are many more. God may open your eyes to see what need to be bound and what need to be loose. So today morning we talked about binding hatred and losing love and binding discord or conflict and disagreement and losing harmony, binding sin and habits and losing salvation to others and to our own lives, binding false teachings and losing sound doctrines, binding demons of sickness and losing healing, binding spirit of poverty and debt and losing scriptural blessings that God has promised to us. Let the Spirit of God may speak to us this morning. Let's close our eyes. Hope you are blessed by this teaching. Please write to Pastor Balan Swami Nathan at balan at hipm.org. God bless you.